today. Good to see all of you. And uh, I'm going to... Uh, I want my friend back there. What is your name? Uh-huh. Elijah. 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 I want you to come up here and sit in this chair right here, okay? I got a special <laughs> job for you. You're going to be very helpful to me. You're right here on the right-hand side. That means you're going to be my right-hand man. Okay? My good brother fulfilled his promise to get us a dictionary, but he couldn't find a very large one. Linda remind me to get a bigger dictionary. Thankful it's a young man this year has got good, strong eyes. He'll be able to read this. But if it were for me, I'd have to have my magnifying glass. <laughs> very interesting for us to, as we read the Word of God, to, um, you know, do some research on some of the words that we don't understand. Uh, you know, and don't tell me that you understand. I look at it, I'm going, well, you don't. Matter of fact, I've come across one just this week, and I thought, well, wait a minute, what does that mean? <laughs> and so I had to go to the dictionary to uh, uh, find out what uh, it was that it meant. All right, God bless you. We're going to do just a little quick review this morning of last week's lesson, where we talked about the natural man. And you know, quite frankly, after we got through reading all those scriptures, I'm kind of like, wow, our situation without God and without salvation is a pretty drab thing. You know, it just uh, doesn't leave us with any hope at all. And we, we've got to understand the nature of sin and as much as we can understand sin from the viewpoint of God, who is absolutely holy now understand the word absolute that means there is nothing beyond that absolute yeah. what can i say absolute is absolute <laughs> you know it's like two plus two that's absolute it's never changed not since i was in school and it's not going to change anywhere in the future they came out with some new math here a while back and i was beginning to wonder if two plus two was still going to be four but it's still four that's an absolute and based on all of the absolutes that we know, for example, there's absolutes in biology, absolutes in chemistry. The chemical formula for water is H2O. Anytime you change that, sunshine, you don't have water anymore, all right? There is something else they call heavy water that they use in the production of um, nuclear things. I don't know what the formula for that is. I didn't like chemistry, I took it, but I didn't get a good grade in because I didn't like it. It was too complicated for my poor brain. But, uh, you know, those are absolutes. There's absolutes in astronomy. Um, that's astronomy, not astrology. Astronomy, okay? And that's how they're able to send out these, these space vehicles, and they, they know how long it's going to take to get there, and they get to the right place because everything that moves in space is absolute. All right? Now, I, I, I read just this week about something that they used to think was absolute, but it's not absolute anymore. And that is that for some reason, for some reason, they tried to explain it to this poor brain, but the North Pole is moving. The magnetic North Pole is moving. And it's moving east toward Russia. I don't understand that, but it's something about all of the 
molten stuff that's down underneath the, uh, the, the surface of the earth. But most everything that we know about in chemistry and biology and physics and all of that, they're absolutes. Let us put in our minds that when it comes to our study of God's Word and of God and His nature, we are studying about absolutes. Things that are not going to change. I am the Lord thy God. I change not. All right? Jesus Christ the same? And forever. All right? Aren't you glad of that? I'm glad of that because, uh, you know, we're going to be judged someday, but... And I just wrote about that this week in an article that I that I wrote for my uh, Brazilian audience. And, you know, uh, we're going to be judged by God. But what God judges people in India by, He's going to judge us by. What He God judges Chinese by, He's going to judge us by. Right. Because it's an absolute of what right. God requires of us with regard to morality and holiness. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So, anyway, we studied about the nature of... Uh, the natural man, and we went over a lot of scriptures, uh, <clears throat> and we just really discovered that there are some of the works of the flesh are in all of us. Now, this may not be in all of us, but some of these things are. Uh, and I mentioned David, who uh, did not know all of the evil that dwelt in his heart, all right, until after the fact. After he'd already had the wrong woman to bed, after he had already had her husband killed, and suddenly he realized what horrible things were in his heart. And he must have transferred some of those things to his son Solomon, who I believe was Solomon the Road. He said, the heart is deceitfully wicked, and who can know it? Right. All right? All right, we're going to go to page number four, and we're going to talk this morning, and I'm going to try and be... Uh, quick here as we run through this because I do want to finish this page. We're going to talk today about the repented man. All right. Now, before I get started here, uh, I want to make mention of something that I just feel is very, very important in light of what transpires in the uh, religious world today. Thank you for the coming. Uh, what transpires in the religious world today? There is a term that I absolutely do not like. And when I say I don't like it, I mean I really don't like it. (laughs) And the reason I don't like it is because basically there is no Bible for it. All right? If it's in the good book, I believe it. If it's not in the good book, I'm going to have some pretty serious questions about it. All right? But the word that they use so much is... Except the Lord Jesus Christ. Where in the world? That's well right. Spelled wrong. Two C's. Two C's. Oh yeah, that's what I was writing there. You're on the right you see side. that? I can't even read my own writing. It's a bad deal. Okay. All right. Hey, correct me. We'll just have fun with all of this, all right? And if this all is fun, we're all going to learn, okay? Um. They talk about accepting the Lord Jesus Christ. I really have a problem with that. Because the Bible talks about repentance. 
and not about accepting the Lord. You know, uh, you know, we elected a president two years ago. I know he's not well accepted by everybody, and we're not going to get into politics. But anyway, uh, you know, whether whether you like him or whether you don't, you can't say I accept you. I mean, you live here. So, I mean, you're just going to have to deal with the whole thing, all right? And I'm not, I don't want to get into your political philosophies, all right? But uh, when it comes to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, yeah. we are, how is it that we can say to him, I accept you. Here we are, this little tiny, itsy-bitsy little piece of human being saying to God who dwells in all of this great enormous space that man is trying to discover. He abides in it all, maintains everything by his power. How can we say, I accept you? Oh, really? Well, if you don't, maybe I'm going to cut off your oxygen supply. <laughs> all right? All right. Now, we are, according to what we studied last week, we are sinners. All right? And what is required of us is repentance. Okay? That's what's required of us. We repent. We don't accept the Lord. Now, we can accept the Lord's sacrifice for our sins. All right? But we don't accept the being of Jesus Christ. And I'm using a word there that I'm going I'm to explain that. Some people say the person of Jesus Christ. The word person refers to human beings. And I do not accept the use of the word person with reference to God. He is a being. He is an eternal being. You understand that? Yes. Okay? I hope you do. Because to me it's a very important, very important point. Because when we refer to God as a person, suddenly we have in our mind brought him down to our level. And that's not what's going to happen. Is that we have got to be elevated... To God's level. I'm not saying that we're going to become God like the Mormons teach, but uh, we are going to be elevated, all right, in our thinking, in our conception of God, all right? So the, the key word for our study today is the word repentance. It is not acceptance, all right? <laughs> they had a course they used to sing in Brazil. Every time they sing that, I, I mean, my skin would crawl. They just... Uh, since the day that I accepted the Lord, oh my Lord, I, I just, ooh, that just really got under my skin, you know. And you know, we we have got to, we have got to get to the place if we are in sin, where we, as we studied about last week, recognize our sin, all right, and then we repent of our sin, which means a full about face, all right. We turn our back on the old life. We turn our back on the life of sin. Right. And some of you in times past lived there. Thank God you don't live there anymore. All right? Thank God you don't live there anymore. And you are now walking with God. You are going in an entirely different direction. That is repentance. Okay? Now we're going to study about repentance this morning. And uh, we're, <clears throat> uh, we're going to... Come across some words I believe that we need a little help with, and Elijah's going to help us. And Elijah, I appreciate you being there. And uh, all right, we're going to talk about the the repented man, page number four. And Sister Tina is there. All right, what happens when we repent? God just absolutely 
cuts off all of that past life. All right? It's gone. It's gone. Now, what we're going to discover in the course of this study is that the trunk is still there. The root system is still there because we are still human beings. All right? So we're going to see what happens. All right? We repent of all of those things that are on that tree on page number three. All right, let me, uh, first of all, um, I'm going to do things a little bit different today, and I want you to be very quick with me. You do have your manuals there, so you will know uh, which verses. Uh, Sister Shannon, I want you to get for us uh, Matthew 121, and uh, Brother Camarina, 2 Corinthians 10, 1 through 2, and the third one is Ezekiel uh, 18, 20 through 23. Uh, I'm going to go to uh, this Elijah over here. All right. No, Noah. I'm sorry. I'm going to get the right Old Testament character here yet. <laughs> Thank you for laughing then. All right. That's Ezekiel 18, 20, 23. You got it right there. And uh, then the next is for Nathan. Uh, uh, Colossians 2, 8 through 13. I hope you're a good reader. That's a pretty long passage. All right. All right. And then we're going to go to Brother Camarina Sr. Uh, Proverbs 28, 13. Okay, Proverbs 28, 13, and that's in your manual there. Okay, now we're going to go to... The liar. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I'm going to have to pray more. This lady will forgive me. <laughs> I did not. I did not. <laughs> Oh my, I, I love people with a sense of humor. Luke 24, 47, please. <laughs> uh, my good brother here, Acts 17, 30. Okay. Uh, young lady, you got a Bible there? Okay, Acts 2, 38. Uh, right next to you there, Romans 2, 4. And uh, if you have any trouble, don't be embarrassed to ask for help. Where is that book, all right? We're going to get you familiar with the word. All right. Now, in your manual, I want you to make a correction. All right. It is not Luke 13, 13. I went over all of these scriptures and I got to them. This has nothing to do with repentance. And so after some research, I realized that a mistake had been made. And it's going to be Luke 13, 1 through 5. Okay. And you can kind of split that up with your wife there. Okay. All right. And then uh, we're going to go to uh, this lady right there. No. Yes. <laughs> uh, we're going to have you Matthew 12, 43 through 45. Is that all right? Okay. Oh, 2 Peter 3, 9. Do 2 Peter 3, 9. That's a shorter passage, all right? All right. All right, now I'm going to jump over here uh, to Matthew 12, 43 through 45. And then I'm going to go to you, brother, with Romans 7, 15. I'm going to read the 18 through 25. All right, some of you got left out. I'm sorry. We'll get you next time around. I'll start in the back next time, all right? Very well. Okay. What are we talking about today? Repented man. A repented man is one who has come to God through the medium of repentance. All right? 
turning his back on sin and degradation and all of the things that are in the world, all right? Matthew one twenty one. read for us, Sister Shannon. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. All right. The message of Jesus Christ was a saving message. The work of Jesus Christ was the work of purchasing salvation for all of mankind. All right? Uh, you know, we can't help but tie John 3.16 in together with that. All right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him, whosoever believeth in him, shall not perish but have everlasting life. Now, uh, maybe some other day we're going to talk about believe, but believe is more than just catching some butterfly out here somewhere with a butterfly net, you know. Oh, I believe now. Believe is intimately connected with action. What are you frowning at me for, Sister Walmart? Well, my thought is when you won't accept, and I understand your theory, your feeling, but before any man can come to God, he must believe. He must believe. In must Jesus. believe, but that does not mean accept, okay? But it could be used as the same word. But you see, what happens in the world of religion outside of the apostolic ministry and belief system, which is based on the Word of God, there are so many times, just lift your hand up and say, I believe. What do you believe? All right? That's the key. What do you believe? Believing is going to bring about action. All right? You cannot take faith away from action. Do you believe that there's water in the faucet in your kitchen? Absolutely you believe that. And the day that you go there and turn it on, there's no water in it, you are going to be the most surprised person in the world. Huh? No water. Now, that wasn't too much of a surprise in Brazil because we were out well, water quite often, okay? But here, we go to, this, go to the, 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 the cabinet, we get out the cup, and we put it under the faucet and turn it on because we believe there's water there. All right? Our actions have described the faith that's in our heart that there's water in that faucet. Somehow or the other, our faith in God and in his promises has got to be the same thing. All right? All right. So the, the work of Jesus Christ was to come and save all mankind. Uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 2. Moreover, brethren, I would, that he should be, that I would not that he should be ignorant, how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. And were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All right. <clears throat> where's the repentance here? Let me tell you. Let me show you where the repentance was. Okay. Let me go back a little bit of history into Israel. All right. They're in Egypt. They're slaves. They don't really have any control over their own lives. But God sent Moses to deliver them and gave them some specific directions as to what they needed to do, excuse me, to be released from the slavery of Egypt. What was it? Well, they had to be in their houses with the door shut on a certain night. They had to have prepared a lamb. It was slain, it was roasted, and they were going to eat it all that night before the coming of day. They had to have the blood applied to both sides of the door and on top of it, 
so that when the death angel passed over, they would not be, uh, their firstborn would not be slain. All right? All right? So that act of obedience was really an act of repentance. They said, yes, I, we want to be delivered. And yes, we believe that we're going to be delivered. And so we're going to do the things that are commanded of us. You know, and, and that's what's wrong so many times in the religious world today. People want to go to heaven. You know, I don't doubt that. People want to go to heaven, you know. Promises of heaven are great. But you're going to have to do what the good book says. We're going to have to obey God's word. And that's where the rub comes in. A lot of people just don't want to obey what's in the good book. All right? All right. Uh, Ezekiel 18.20. Noah. The soul, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. The son, that, the son shall not bear the iniquity of the father. Neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him. And the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. Okay, basically, what does that mean? What does that mean to you, Brother Timothy? There's consequences for your sin. There's consequences for sin, all right. Uh, we agree with that. Brother Miguel, what does that mean to you? <laughs> okay. Let me explain this a little bit. This scripture means, in reality, that everybody is responsible for their own sin. All right? My son is not going to be responsible for my sin. All right? Welcome. And I'm not going to be responsible for my son's sin. I'm responsible for my own sin. My son is responsible for his own sin. Everybody is responsible for their own sins. Okay? Now, as we talk about this, then we begin to understand the importance of repentance, okay, for every person. I can't repent for my son's sins. You can't repent for your father's sins. We, we've all got to repent of our own sin. Repentance is an individual matter, all right? And repentance, if I can say this this morning, kind of interjecting this, is not a one-time thing, okay? Right. Because we do err. One of the most amazing things that people look at me like kind of, Pastor, are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. The book of 1 John was written to the church. It was written to people who were in the church. It was written to people who had repented. It was written to people that had been baptized. It was written to people that have received the Holy Ghost. And what does it say in 1 John 1, 9? If we confess our sin. Hello. Yeah. Uh, it's possible for we who have been in church for a long time to do something that is wrong, that is a sinful act, but if we repent of that, if we confess that sin, we can be forgiven of that sin. All right? Uh, 27 through 32 of Ezekiel. Did I give that to somebody else? Was that you? I didn't give it to anybody else. Huh? 
All right. Um, Ezekiel. I guess I slipped up there. Ezekiel 20, uh, 18. You got it up on the screen, sister? Yes. Thank you. Ezekiel 18, uh, 27 through 32. All right. Again, when the wicked man turneth away from his wickedness that he hath committed, and doeth that which is lawful and right, he shall save his soul alive. Because he considereth and turneth away from all of his transgressions that he hath committed, he shall surely live and shall not die. All right, now this live and die is with reference to the soul. All right? Uh, With reference to the afterlife and not with regard to our physical death. Verse 29, uh, Ye yet saith the house of Israel, the way of the Lord is not equal. The house of Israel are not my ways equal. Are not your ways unequal? Therefore I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone, everyone. Say with with me, everyone. 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 It is not a collective thing. Now I know uh, we can maybe discuss that a little bit because God does judge the nations, but that's when a whole nation is evil and corrupt and there are no God-fearing people there, all right? Uh, Everyone according to his ways, saith the Lord God, repent and turn yourselves from your transgressions. So iniquity shall not be your ruin. Cast away from you all your transgressions, whereby ye have transgressed, and make you a new heart and a new spirit. For why will ye die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of him that dieth, saith the Lord God. Wherefore, turn yourselves and your... uh, uh, turn yourself and live ye. All right. I guess, Brother Miguel, I guess I need to bring some stronger glasses. I wasn't seeing too well there. We were talking about glasses today. All right. All right. Now, wow, I'm getting bogged down here this morning. But I think what I have to say to you is very valuable. Okay. Now, here's what I'm going to go now. All right. I want us to consider very strongly this passage of Scripture. All right? Can you get me back there, Sister Gina, please? I'm going to give you some hard work here, all right? All right, I'll get back to verse 27 there in Ezekiel 18, all right? She's working hard back there, all right? All right? Again, when the wicked man turneth away from his wickedness that he hath committed and doeth that which is lawful and right, he shall save his soul alive. All right? <clears throat> it is very easy, Brother Camarena, to preach salvation from the Old Testament. All right? The apostles, the disciples of the first century did not have the New Testament. It was written by some of them. All right? As they were inspired of God. 
But what I want us to understand is that when Peter said to the people on the day of Pentecost, he said, save yourselves from this wicked generation. How do I save myself? Let me explain that. You save yourself by doing what Peter had just said in verse 38. Repent and be baptized and receive the Holy Ghost. All right? Now, let me tell you. God's not going to come down into your house and, uh, and take off your co- from off your coffee table some type of literature that is not appropriate for Christian eyes. Right. He, he's not going to take uh, maybe some uh, whiskey off your shelf. Uh, he's not going to uh, remove those things from your life. There are some things that you have to do for yourself. Right. And that is part of the act of repentance. Yes, All right? Now, there are some things for some people that are a stumbling block, and they have to get those things out of their life. I've often thought about an old farmer that I worked for many, many years ago when I was just a young man, about 16, 17 years of age. And... Uh, <clears throat> I worked for him, we put up hay, we did, I did all kinds of things for him, all right? Very close neighbor to us. But, and whenever I worked for him, his wife put on a good farm dinner. I mean, boy, it was a farm dinner for a teenager. I mean, you could just eat uh, all you wanted. It was good, tasty, home-cooked food. Don't get an appetite, don't start slobbering on me, all right? But... Uh, But what was so interesting and what I have never forgotten about that man was that at the end of every meal, his wife would bring him a cup of coffee and he would sit at the table and drink a cup of coffee and smoke a cigarette. Now those two things for him were just tied together, a cup of coffee and a cigarette. So probably if that man ever got saved, he would give up his cigarette, realizing it was harmful to his body, but he would probably have to give up the coffee as well because those two things in his mind were so tightly joined together that it would be hard to give up one without the other. That doesn't mean that coffee is sin. Now, maybe the amount that some people drink is a sin, but uh, anyway. anyway. Uh, So I'm saying that there are some things that you know, are stumbling block to some people, and they've got to get those things out of their life. All right? And, uh, but anyway, salvation, give me the next verse, please. This is 27, go to 28. Because he that considereth and turneth away from all his transgression that he hath committed, he shall surely live and shall not die. All right? What does it say? He that turneth away. All right? So, the man that was accustomed to all kinds of sin and committing those things that were not right in the eyes of God, uh, he, he, he turned away from those things. He didn't do those things anymore, all right? And uh, he was... What? Turns away from the works of the flesh. Yes, absolutely. All of them. And you know, and you know what is so surprising, and, and Sister Walmer has brought up a very valid point. Uh, you begin to understand that she has been my helpmeet now for 58 years, all right? 
And uh, all she has to do is sit in the pew like she has already done here this morning and just give me a little frown and I say, what's wrong? (laughs) We have worked together. (laughs) The problem is that she did that in another place where we attended. And the pastor was not accustomed to her facial expressions. And he would interrupt his life. What is this, Sister Walmer? (laughs) She became so embarrassed about that that she quit going. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. But uh, uh, we, we turn away from those things that are not right. We turn away. That's the act of repentance. We forsake those things. All right? My worst enemy is hanging there on the back wall. Colossians 2, 8 through 13. <laughs> he was wondering what it was. <laughs> Colossians 2, 8 through 13. Who did I give that to? Okay, Nathan. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, in the putting off of the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead, and you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Praise God. All right. Now, the circumcision, without getting into any detail here this morning, of the Old Testament was uh, a sign. Uh, and it was a part of obedience to God. All right. And it was a cutting away of a part of the flesh. That wasn't necessary. And it was a type of what has to happen in our life. We have got to have cut away out of our life all of the works of the flesh. Okay? Now, if you go over to the book of Galatians, chapter 5, there is a list there of the works of the flesh. All right, I think it's verse 19, 20, and 21, if I remember correctly. I'm not far off. All right? There are things in that list that we may not really understand. They are things, however, that God condemns, does not accept, and we must get those things out of our life. All right? You know, there are some things that just shouldn't be in our lives. Somebody got that verse? You got it? Okay, read for us, please. Is it verse 19? It is. Okay. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, reveling, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in time past, <clears throat> they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, if we had time this morning, and I'm sorry, I like that we don't have time. I, you're sitting here and kind of 
kind of not do anything this morning. But perhaps another time, we'll be able to go into some of these words and look them up. Lasciviousness. You probably don't know what it means. All right? All right? Can you look that up? Lasciviousness? Huh? Look at that. See that question mark on his face there? All right. Give him the Bible where he can spell it out, okay? 519 of Galatians. It's not up there. All right? And the verse is not up here either. All right? Oh, okay. Thank you, Sister Gina. Thank you. And uh, lasciviousness right here. You like it? Right here it is. Okay? Right there. Okay? I, I did this in a uh, church that we went to attend for a while in Brazil. And uh, had a couple of young people there, a young man and a young lady, and I had a little table for them. And every Bible study night, they sat there with two dictionaries, and they helped us. And I think they really brought a lot of understanding to the entire congregation as these descriptions from Scripture were, uh, from words in the Scripture were given to them, all right? But we're sure not getting very far today. I am, got my train derailed here, all right? Okay, we're going to let him, uh, we'll come up with that in a minute. All right, uh, that, what was our last scripture that you read was? Huh? No, 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 out of our manual. Colossians. Oh, Colossians, all right. Let's go to Proverbs 28, 13. Now, I want you to understand that I have written in my manual that this verse is very important. Who's got that verse? Proverbs Proverbs, Brother Camarino? Pardon? You can read, yes. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesses and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Wow. That's pretty clear, isn't it? Anything unclear about that? <laughs> All right. He that covereth his sins. Those that do things in darkness, that do things undercover, that uh, commit things that they know is wrong, but they think nobody knows. Well, somebody may not know, but God knows, all right? right. And it's important that we... Lasciviousness, all right? It might not be. Okay. Uh, so, brother... I'll let you... Lascivious? Yes, go ahead and read it. Okay. Uh, it's an uh, objective of a person, manner, or gesture. It's feeling or revealing an overt and often offensive sexual desire. Oh, okay. Do we understand lasciviousness? All right. And actually, in our society today, lasciviousness is promoted through pornographic literature, through pornographic films, through uh, just in everyday conversation. And any of you men that have your secular jobs. You understand what goes on in those environments. And, and it's just all that stuff is going on all the time. Lasciviousness is promoted. But the person that comes to God, he leaves those things behind. He begins to walk in a different pathway that is pleasing to God. All right? He that covereth his sins, what's going to happen? He shall not prosper. So you don't try to put your sins under the carpet, all right? 
Get them out in the open before God, you might as well because God knows what's under the carpet anyway. (laughs) No sense trying to hide them, all right? Confess them. Confess your sins to God and you will find mercy, all right? Uh, We've got Luke 24, 47 very quickly. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Jesus is winding up his earthly ministry in, in Luke chapter 24. All right. He is giving final instructions to the disciples, and he tells them that it is his will that what be preached? His name and repentance shall be preached in all nations. That's the will of God. It's not preach except the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a pray, it's preach that is, repent of your sins and come to God. All right? So uh, we, we must have this act of repentance. Let's do one more here very quickly before that hand gets down there on that three. Acts 2.38. Very well read. Thank you, young lady. All right? All right? What question did this verse answer? What Peter had preached, they felt condemned in their heart. There's a very wonderful word used in the Portuguese Bible. Uh, It says in English they were pricked in their heart. Uh, Portuguese word is a little bit more forceful than that. I mean, they just really felt stabbed in their heart because of the fact that through the preaching, they came to understand that they were guilty of the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they said, what shall we do? We've got to get rid of this guilt. When we preach the word of God in this assembly and as is preached in many other places, and people feel convicted, we've got to be able to tell them what they need to do to get rid of the guilt out of their lives. And that is repent. Repent. All right? And this is what we're going to about the point today, and that's about belief. All right? They're going to have to believe what we preach. All right? That you do have to repent in order to be, uh, uh, in order to get rid of the load of sin. Well, yeah, we have to believe what the Bible There's says. Lots of people that do not preach what the Bible says. Well, I think we'll all agree with that, all right? And maybe I more than a lot of others. Uh, we, 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 the Bible is our manual. We have got to follow it to the letter, all right? Amen. Very well. My time is up at the Camarina. Two minutes over today, less than last Sunday, so... I'm doing a little better here, but we didn't get through this. So, but anyway, you know, at home, just take a look at some of these scriptures and, and, and look at them, and you will understand what God really expects of us. Amen? Amen? God bless you. Let's go into our morning worship service with our hearts filled with the word of the Lord. Amen.